Everyone is still doing all right? We're still here? Uh, it's good to see you guys again. Thank you so much for making this a part of your morning. If you didn't pick up on already, there have been a few slight changes to the service. Uh, God pulled an audible this morning on the drive into work. And so the sermon that I thought you were going to get is not the sermon that you're going to get. Well, three quarters of it is the same. The last quarter is not. Uh, but the title you have in your bulletins is very deceiving. So if you are looking forward to part three of how God uses Twitter, you're not going to get it. I apologize. Maybe next year. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But as we wade into the sermon time this morning, uh, can we bow our heads and say a prayer? Let's do that, please. Uh, so God, this is the time when we hear from you. This time when we intentionally set it aside and we ask for you to speak. Through my words, under my words, around my words, in between them. Or a different way altogether. But you know what's going on in the lives of this church and these people. Uh, and I ask that you do your thing. Give us a encouraging, challenging, and comforting word. So we turn this time and ourselves over to you. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen. So here in this world of church, we are we're transitioning into a new season. We've left the Christmas decorations up just in case anyone from the Eastern Orthodox tradition shows up because today is their Christmas day. And because we are an affirming church, we want to make them feel at home. Uh, but for us, uh, we are transitioning into the most excitingly named season of them all, Ordinary Time. I know, such an inspirational name, eh? Um, and today, um, Epiphany Sunday, it marks a transition from Christmas into Ordinary Time. And now for those of us who might be new to churchy things, because we like to be weird and a bit different, uh, we have our own calendar um, and a way of understanding time and the seasons. And the whole point of having a calendar is, well, uh, for a few things. Um, part of it is to remind us that there are bigger things that should mark our time and shape how we live, move, and have our being in the world than simply the change of temperatures and holidays. And the other part is it, uh, that these seasons help us learn particular rhythms of what it means to be human and alive in this world. And so, for example, Advent, which we just finished, um, Advent is all about helping us practice hope. So instead of, like the rest of our world, jumping right into Christmas as soon as December hits and just singing carols for an entire month, the church says, whoa, slow down, wait. And we talk about things like anticipation and expectation and waiting and all of it geared to help us learn what we as people of faith need to do with things like darkness and despair and devastation. Lent, which is coming next, um, it's a time when we practice what one writer of the Bible calls dying to self. It's a time when we try to leave behind those things that no longer serve us, that lead us into a life we weren't meant to have, into a life that hurts ourselves or others. And we do that with the belief that resurrection happens, 
The come Easter morning, we too can rise up, experience growth and change and becoming and be new kinds of people living in a new kind of world. And so remembering that the faith and spirituality is all about becoming new kinds of people, living in and creating a new kind of world, acknowledging the seasons and what they mean can be a pretty formative practice for us as a church because it helps those rhythms and ideas uh, shape who we are, how we live, move, and have our being, not just in the month that we practice it, but also for the entire year. In the season we're entering into, ordinary time, one way we can think about what this season is all about is thinking about it as a season of surprises. A season of surprises. It's one where we're remembering what Christmas taught us, that God is speaking to us and leading us through Christ, and that those moments of incarnation, of God entering into our world and our lives, that they still happen. We practice being open to being surprised by God. We practice being open to finding in the strangest, most pedestrian and unusual places divine truth and beauty, connection, wisdom, and opportunities for growth and life. And through that surprise, come to behold a really big and important truth that our faith offers. The ordinary is actually extraordinary. It's actually in the dirty, human, everyday, mundane kind of stuff that we can find moments of reverence and transcendence. which should, if we let that sink in, give us pause and make us pull over because that is saying something really, really powerful. It says that God is in every nook and cranny, that even in the people who don't look like us, think like us, act like us, even in that person at the intersection asking for change, God is inside of them and they have a value and a purpose and a worth. It says that even in a barn in the middle of nowhere, even in a mosque, even in places where that worship music may not be the kind of worship music that you like, the Spirit is still moving and bringing people into new life. And it says that God's even in us, even in our most broken, dirty, everyday selves, in the person that we think God could possibly not use, God is still there, offering love and purpose and guidance. I mean, that's some pretty powerful and liberating, world-expanding stuff, isn't it? That God is everywhere, always there ready to pop up when we least expect it, always there ready to give us a bit of good news, a new challenge, something that is worth holding on to. And I think it's there that ordinary time offers us something that we need to hold on to and practice as a community of faith. I think it's there we can find the rhythm this season offers us. To to be people who look to be surprised. To be people who let those surprises change how we live, move, and have our being in this world who let those surprises show us how big, how colorful and beautiful this world can be. To let those surprises show us how much we have yet to discover, to wrestle with, to rumble with, to explore, to see the places and boundaries that we still need to cross. 
and going in there and experiencing just how big and diverse and expansive our life and God can be. And now we go down the route that God showed me on the cloud trail. So instead of showing you some tweets that I think God spoke to me through, uh, I want to show you, I have three things that I think can help us enter into ordinary time. Um, And that can help us discover how the ordinary is really extraordinary. Which, interestingly enough, sidebar, is not why this season is called ordinary time. If you look it up, it has to do with math and how many numbers of days are in the season, and that's where I stopped reading. Because blah, 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 math. Uh, But I think my way of understanding ordinary time is more poetic and therefore more beautiful. Uh, But a few ways to help us really step into this season and really embrace the rhythm and get intentional about how we can spend our time between now and Lent. So the first uh, practice, habit, rhythm, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We've talked about it already, uh, but just to emphasize it, it's important for us this season to be open. Um, If we're going to be open to being surprised, if we're going to hear the sacredness in our neighbor's music, if we're going to meet God in some tabooed, dark corner, uh, we have to be open, which probably more importantly means slowing down. And not just externally about the pace in which we live our lives. That's important. But probably more important, slowing down internally. It means slowing down on how quick we are to dismiss, how quick we are to analyze, how quick we are to go from our heart to our heads and use this to navigate that situation. And slowing down so we can actually be more present and open to the surprise that God is wanting us to have. Because if you can't notice it, you can't see it, and you miss it. So be open. And to riff off of that, but this one is a second one, because I think it needs to be stated. When you find that surprise, when it pops up, you got to sit with it. Uh, my therapist and I have been doing a lot of work with listening to my emotions. And one of the tricks that she's taught me is to uh, not think about it, but to feel it. To when you feel that, like, what is that? What, what is that thing? Don't analyze it. Don't think about it, but just sit with it. Feel it. Let the emotion do its work. Because that's the only way to figure that out. And I think there's a spiritual practice, not that that isn't, but there's a spiritual practice that we can take with us to sit with that surprise. To not analyze it, dismiss it, but to sit with it. And use this to embrace it, to feel it out, and let it do its work. And finally, part three. Take stock. When I was going through all the tweets that I wanted to show you, um, I was going through all my my favorited tweets that I have over the past year. And I selected ten just arbitrarily that I thought spoke to me, but also might speak to us. And then when I was going through the 10 to find a few that I would give to you, I noticed something that I did not like. Not one of those 10 tweets was a female. All were men. 
And it got me thinking about something that is an important practice for us to do if we're going to enter into this season of being surprised and noticing how God moves and speaks to us. Every so often, it's a good idea to take stock of where you've encountered God. Who is God speaking to you through? Where do you find God? Then ask yourself this. What's missing? Who am I not listening to? Who is not speaking into my life? How else can I expand my experience? Because if we truly believe that God is moving in all places, all people, and all things, and if we truly believe that by encountering those people, those places, and things, we can open up to a deeper and more expansive understanding of God, the work for us is to make sure we have a diverse experience, to make sure we're reading voices that aren't just our own, that we're meeting people who don't just think like us, that we're listening to people who may challenge us. Because it's only then that we can really tap into the diversity that Richard was talking about in that video. It's only then that God can challenge us and pull us. It's only then that God can make us enter into something new, something beautiful and something different. So as we head into this new season, Uh, Maybe let's take those three things with us. Let's be open to the surprises. Let's sit with them. And maybe in February, a month from now, take stock. Where has God not been speaking through? What are you missing out on? What new ideas, what new authors, what new podcasts, what new people, whatever it is, do you need to encounter to challenge yourself to hear God in new ways? And we do that so when we arrive at Lent, and we enter into this time of putting things down, of stepping towards resurrection, change, and growth, we go into it with this understanding of how big God is, of how beautiful God is, of how worthwhile that life that God opens up to us is. And we can have a better idea of what we need to leave behind, of what we need to pick up, of where we need to go. So come Resurrection Sunday, come Easter We can step into a new kind of world, a new kind of life, ready to embrace just how big, beautiful, and diverse this world is. So as we step out into a new season together, may you go boldly, may you go openly, and may you go courageously. And to that we say, Amen.